Oh wait, I gotta do the <laughs> intro. Intro. <laughs> do the intro. That was what we just talked about oh, before no. we pressed record. That's fine though. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. I I don't remember what we say. Hey y'all, it's us. <laughs> hey guys, this is why you do it. You're better at this okay. part. <laughs> hey. I don't know what you say. That's why you do Um, it. I I don't remember. I feel like I'm a little rusty because we haven't recorded an episode in a while. But welcome to Reluctantly Graceful, the podcast. You got Brittany. Yeah, that. And me, Stephanie. Okay, welcome. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, (laughs) And we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about... What are we talking about? You tell us what we're talking about. (laughs) I promise that we did... That part, I I can't ever figure out what it is that you say in the beginning. I promise we did talk about... How we it, were going to lead into this episode for like a good solid five minutes before it happened, but it's okay. It's okay. Okay, okay. We we did talk about it, but I didn't realize that like when I said yes to doing the intro and telling everybody what it is that we're going to talk about, it also meant I had to open up the podcast. <laughs> that's that's fair. I'll give you that. This is this is why we recorded an intro like two months ago that we still don't have in the beginning of our podcast because I lost. But that's on I the lost side the file, my bad. Today's topic, I just want to share a quick story about Brittany, who just came back from Transformation Conference as we record this. She came back Friday mm-hmm. night and proceeded to call me at 11 p.m., which people who know <laughs> me know that I, <laughs> I struggle if I'm awake at that time of night, if I'm home. So I was home in bed, about to fall asleep, and this girl had the nerve to call me at 11 p.m. <laughs> when, like, yes, I I will say I did Thank text you. her earlier and be like, yo, call me when you get in your car. I had something I wanted to talk about. Totally forgot about it because it was tired. I was tired and half asleep. I still don't remember what it was I was going to tell Man, you today. Okay. My bad. But it's okay. So anyways, this this woman calls me at 11 p.m. on the dot. And she's like, I can't find my car. I'm stuck in the parking garage. Blah, blah, blah. All these things. Because she should not be traveling I alone. But anyways, I so so we get into, you know, all of these amazing things that Jesus has revealed to her <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together. Um <laughs> And she says, this girl, she had the nerve to say, Stephanie, I did not understand. I had no idea. But, like, I am a miracle. Like, my life story is miraculous. And she's, like, on fire. She's lit up. (laughs) Like, she is so passionate while she's talking. You know, I'm the opposite. So I'm like, yeah, I thought we already covered this. Um We've been talking about this for at least a year now, probably more than that. That's true. That's true. Definitely more than a year. But I was like, yo, like you had a liver transplant a year year ago. ago. You could be dead right now. But God, God. you had she had a whole thing that said, but God, I could be dead right now. But God. I got a t-shirt that she created I do. that says, but God, I on do the have front. a but God t-shirt. But homegirl just came and realized that you are a miracle. <laughs> How? So, How does that happen? And there is no defense. I was going to, 
It took all of this time. I was gonna say in my slight defense, for you to come. but I don't have it. I don't have a defense. I don't have a defense. There is I don't no have defense. One. I don't have one. Her her defense last night when I said, "Are are we just now figuring at this out?" She said, I, "I'm slow." That's all. really though. I'm that slow. really her defense is she's listen, slow. I do. I say this. I said this to you last night, and I say this to my great friend Chris as well. He tells me to do stuff all the time. He's like, you you need to do this differently. You should do this. You should think about this. You should da-da-da. And I listen every single time. I am slow to process, though. And so sometimes, like, when I finally get around to doing whatever it is that he's suggesting that I do, he's just like, we just now got here. We talked about this a month ago. Listen, sir. I listened. I'm just slow. Right? I'm, it's a constant I'm thing. I'm just slow. It is a like, constant I, I thing. I do not think in any way, shape, or form that I know everything all the time, that I am a know-it-all. But when people give me advice or they tell me to do something, I just need to process it a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, okay. And I sit it. Like, I just sit it on a shelf of like, we're processing. And then when it's done, it's like, oh, perfect. Like, when you go drop off a prescription, like, you drop it off, they're like, we'll let you know when it's ready. It's no. like the same thing in my mind sometimes. No. It should not, not be. It should not be, right? Like, I can own the fact that that should not be the reality. It just, it is my reality. And so, yes, that did happen last night. I I didn't necessarily lose my car in the parking garage because I took a photo of where I parked. I just didn't know that I got on the right shuttle. And I didn't get on the right shuttle because then I got on the shuttle and then I'm like, okay, like, I parked on level three. This garage has to go to level three. We're on level two. Lady's like, oh no, I just do one and two. And I was like, that's so odd. But okay, I'll get on the elevator. So I got on the elevator, found my car. Anyway, I did call stuff last night, Friday night when I got back. And I was, I really was like fired up. I was like, wow, like, did you know this? And it, it was a genuine know that anything that we talk about that I say like is a genuine revelation that I've had or a breakthrough that I had. It is not being said in like, an arrogant way of me trying to like dumb down the fact that I know that this thing happened and it was really great. It is genuine. Like it is very genuine. I genuinely did like I didn't know. Like I, it did not cross my mind. So we've talked about you just said genuine. I like know 20 a times. million and one times. I'm so sorry. I'm not gonna say it. You know, that's like a red flag. I'm not gonna say it. She said okay. genuine so many times. I no longer trust that she's a genuine I, person. I don't need you to be that person, right? Like there are enough skeptics out there. I don't need you to be that. But also thank you for that. I'm not gonna say it again. I just <laughs> say it again around this podcast. So to give a little backstory, I know that we have talked about alluded to or mentioned the fact that I had a transplant on previous episodes. In 2014, I was diagnosed with a liver disease. Really rough period of my life. Because at that point, I was just like, okay, so you're saying that I'm going to die. And then I went through like a really deep and heavy depression. Okay, wait. Can you tell people how old you were? 25. Okay. Because I feel like that helps. Oh, that's true. Like how old you were, not just the year. I think I was 24, 25. Life was going okay. Like it wasn't the best. It could have been better, but it wasn't horrible. And got this diagnosis and really just kind of struggled to walk through it. Like, what does this mean? Because I was not connected to a church, although I was like still a Christian, still a believer, still reading my word, I wasn't plugged into a church community. It it just hit me harder in a different way. And I just started to like, okay, well, what does this mean? And just jumped into a deep depression. Like it was bad. Didn't leave my house for a long time. Didn't talk to like my parents and I. We had a huge falling out at that time as well. Like didn't talk to them for like a year, maybe a little longer. Like it was just a rough season. And 
got through that. And then I was like, okay, like this is the diagnosis, but I'm not going to stop living who God called me to be and stop doing what I know to be true about myself because of this. So I kind of worked through that, got through that, and I was just living life. And I really was just living life. Got married in the midst of that, found community, found what I thought was community at the time, which in hindsight turned out not to be community, right? But thought, found what I thought was community. Um, life was going great. And then the pandemic hit. And or 2019 was my first hospitalization. So August 2019 was my first hospitalization due to my liver. Life was fine. It was like this happened, but... I have this diagnosis, but I can still live my life and do a lot of things. Didn't look sick. Didn't like have any of that. Was diagnosed with like was hospitalized for the first time, 2019 of August. It really just it kind of propelled. Okay, like this is this is really bad, and you're going to need a transplant. Was still married at the time. My ex husband did not handle that well. Did not process that well. Which I can understand because at my initial diagnosis, I am handling well, right? Like I'm a mess. I'm just all over the place. I'm just a mess. I will say though, like I was there through all of it. I witnessed all of this. Like, unfortunately, I got stuck with Brittany. Brittany got stuck with me. Who knows how this happened? We'll we'll say it's commie. It's the Um, blessing of commie. We we just got, yeah, we just got stuck together in 2010 and have decided to never part ways. Kami was our resident director in college, by the way. Hi, Kami. <laughs> Does she listen? <laughs> oh, this. Time. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, anyways, from like the outside perspective, looking in, like even in that time frame of like where you say you went through like this depression and all that, like you were still the most encouraging person. You were still there for other people constantly. Like you were excelling in your job. On the outside, no one would have known anything like no one would have known she had a diagnosis no one would have known like that she had depression and all of that like unless you were close to close and you know and there were like you kind of revealed the curtain to me a few there were only a few people for the most part most people had no idea there were only a few people who knew that like knew how bad i was suffering and how hurt i was and what i was dealing with and processing through so it, I, I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> fast forward 2019, it like it just didn't go well. Pandemic hit in 2020. January of 2020, I remember calling you and texting you, and we were talking, and I just remember saying like, God's going to do something crazy in my life this year. I just don't know what it is. And I remember just saying, okay, God, like I'm sensing that you're going to do something. Like I'm getting the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Let's do it. Whatever it is, let's do it. Um, didn't know, though, that it would be a pandemic, <laughs> right? And not saying that the pandemic happened because I felt like God was like going to do something crazy in my life, but didn't know. That's all it is. Fault, I'm so sorry. Oh, COVID's my fault, right? Like, didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic. Didn't know that I was going to have the opportunity to be an interim administrative staff at my job during that time. Didn't know at the same time, behind the scenes, that my ex-husband was engaging in a relationship that he should not have been engaging with because it was not with me and I was his wife, right? Didn't know that that was happening behind the scenes. And so there are like all of these things that are happening. Everything just kind of broke in 2020, like that summer. It was just, we separated, a lot of stuff came out. 
of this is really the the reality of what's happening behind the scenes. And then I was hospitalized for the second time due to my liver. And that time was one of was the worst compared to the previous time. It's like the previous time it was just like your liver levels are just out of control. We need to get you inpatient. We need to look at some things and figure some things out. Um, summer 2020, it was because I was like, <laughs> How, I was going to say, hi. I know, gonna I'm going to try. Nicely. <laughs> I, it was almost like at the exorcist type moment, right? Where she's just like spewing all of this stuff. It was like that. Except it was things that bodies should not be spewing up whatsoever. And so. Also, I will say that as, as the friend at this moment, instead of just going to the hospital, this girl texted me a picture of what her bathroom looked like. Wait, no, this wasn't. Oh no, no, it was after, the first time. After it all coming yes, out, this was this. Yes, I got no, multiples. That's true. That did though, happen. So I don't know if it was this time, but if you say it was the worst, it was probably that time. Too. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't the worst time. No, it wasn't the worst time. So like, I I remember like I was at work, had a headache, and I was like, I'm not feeling well. I need to go home and get some migraine relief. Was living in temporary housing at the time because the house I was moving into with my job wasn't like completed. Like I still had to go through like a final inspection before I could move in. So I'm like living in temper. It was being yeah. built. She lives in a brand oh, freaking okay. new house, everybody. Okay. I do not own the house people. So <laughs> technically like, anyway, it's part of my employment package. Anyway, so they're there. So I remember calling my parents and like being like, I just threw up things that I should not throw up as a person. Um, I need you to take me to the hospital. And my mom was like, we're on our way. It's like, but she doesn't drive long distances. So like, and by long distances, I mean, it's 20 minutes from where they live. She wasn't going to drive. So she had my dad. My dad got stuck because he wanted to stop and get something to eat because he was hungry. And then like, they got, (laughs) because, because Ron and Fran, when they say we're on our way, it really means it's going to take them like an hour. We're not, they're not just like right around the corner, right? It's okay though. Like I've learned. And so then like they got, and then they got lost because like it was a temporary place. They didn't know it. The location was just weird. All this stuff. And so like we end up getting to the hospital and I'm just like, all right, guys, I think this might be a little bad. <laughs> and like I got doctors like hooking everything <laughs> up. You're going to the ICU. We might have to do surgery to repair some things like this is not. I'm just like, cool, cool. So can I go back to work tomorrow? Like what are we looking at timetable? Like in my mind, it didn't hit me like how bad this was was in the hospital for a few days, ended up getting discharged, and then just went right back to work. And then life was kind of okay for a while. Like that happened, had to have some like routine checkups. It was like a few months, wasn't it? So that happened in August, 2020. And then didn't really start having many issues until like spring of 2021. Like there were random things here and there that would happen, but like nothing significant. And then spring, 2021, Okay, okay, but real quick, Brittany's idea of random things that happen here and here are also things that most people would be like, I'm calling out of work for a week because this happened to my body and this should not be happening. To that my is body. also accurate. Like, whereas for Brittany, she's just at work and she's like, I'm going to need an hour. I'll yeah, I got to take it. Let me. And then she just goes back. <laughs> Let me just to take work. a quick nap. I will be okay. Like, so, like, She's minimizing these things, but like it really. I'm, I will get to the point yeah. though where <laughs> there was a point where I did stop minimizing I'm, it. I just feel like I need no, to like I appreciate put, it. put that I, out there. I do need that. There was that time that like I came to visit, and the moment I arrived, Ron's like, "So are you taking her to the hospital, or are we?" And I was like, "No, nah, I got this. I'll take In her. my mind, that's a minor <laughs> thing, right? Like in my mind, 
It should not be. And so for all of our listeners, your girl still goes to therapy. Okay. I'm still working through it because I understand (laughs) that that's just not a normal reaction or normal response. Her, her minors, her minor, her idea of a minor thing is like, she's still going to the ER because something's And wrong. it just, I would, I couldn't, like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but spring, okay. spring Go started ahead, to happen <laughs> and levels just started to increase in ways they should not have increased and decreased in ways they should not have de- decreased. So like at that point, and I'm, I'm going to put some photos on Insta on the Instagram around the time that this episode drops so that you guys just have like a visual to be able to just look. Like my body started to bloat uncontrollably because my kidneys started to shut down. It, it, I was just like, okay, cool. So I, I just ended up walking around just like wearing like extra baggy clothes to work all the time because <laughs> I could like go to work. Let's say like we'll use like 180 pounds. Like I go to work 180 pounds like – Thick and curvy, right? Like not saying I was ever like, I'm not a tall person. I'm very short um, and always just have been thick to an extent, right? And so not to an extent, I've always been thick. And so like these things started to happen. And then like I could start the day like 180 pounds. And by the end of the day, if I stepped on the scale, I could be like 210 pounds because my body was just like retaining water and bloating and like, cause my kidneys were starting to shut down. Like it was just all of this stuff happening. And I was just like, cool. So I would like text my balls occasionally and I'd be like, Hey, it's so like, is it okay if I work from home today? I really cannot put my feet in shoes. Like, I cannot slide my feet because my feet are so swollen. My legs, I cannot do that. And he'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Like, do you need a day off? No, no, I'm fine. I can work from home. Like, I'm just gonna work from home though. Like, I'm fine. I just can't put shoes on. But also just know that if I need to report to an emergency for any reason or anything at all, I'm probably gonna show up in flip-flops. So I just, whoever might be there, that I might have to encounter that is like higher up in administration. Mm-hmm. I just need you to preface it by saying like, Brittany's really going through it, but she's going to be here. She's going to do the same quality of work. She's just going to look a little rough. Like, I just need you to say those things, like to just let people know. And so, and then like the levels just started to get worse and they started to get worse and they started to get worse. And at this point, really no one at works, like people at work still didn't really no, know. They didn't like, they, they knew like, that there was something off. Because like who gains like twenty to thirty pounds in the middle of the workday? Yeah, right. They 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 saw the signs, but they didn't connect. They just didn't know. And I remember basically. I did send an email to my team after just like some very short hospital stays that were happening back to back. Like I did send an email to my team and just say like FYI, I just and by team I just mean like my peers and my colleagues. I remember like sending them an email like to a blog post that I wrote and was just, like FYI, like I just want you guys just to be aware that like if I am here one day and gone the next day. And I don't come back for a couple of days. It's not because I don't want to work. It's not because I don't want to be here. I don't want you to think that I'm taking the easy way out or I know that there's a big project or something coming up and I just don't want to be here. I'm literally just trying to figure my body out. Like, your girl's struggling. I don't know what it is, but I'm here. And when I'm here, I will do whatever it is I need to do. And so, like, they knew, but I don't think anybody knew the extent of it because I also was just kind of like, I'm going to work. That's what we're doing. We just go to work. We just do that. And so... It got really bad, like spring of summer of 2021. Like it got really bad. Like when I came back from Colorado, like God met me there in ways that I didn't know. And I think that that was just kind of in some capacity, the things that I needed for to be emotionally prepared and spiritually prepared for the fact that like, it's about to get worse. Like you thought this was bad. Girl, it's about to get so much worse. And it did. And then it went from like, all right, I have to get blood work once a month. Um, you know, then it was like every three weeks and it was every two weeks. And then it was once a week and then it was twice a week that I had to get blood work. 
just to see like where my levels were at, like what's decreasing, what's increasing, what shouldn't be, you should not be looking like this. Like my skin got so dark and my eyes like glowed in the dark and they glowed even when it was not dark because they were so yellow. Like it, it was scary. And I just, I looked. Do you, do you have a picture? Oh, I still have pictures of it. Yes. That you suppose? Yes. Okay. Y'all, but she said her eyes are yellow. She used to ask me on the daily, can I FaceTime you real quick? Do my my eyes look yellow? Like, there were times where I would go to work with sunglasses on because I knew that they were so yellow that people would not be able to pay attention to what it was that I was communicating because they were going to be like, what is happening to her face? Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Girl is not well, but she's standing here talking to me about how she's excited for this this event that we have or this program that we have or this student that's graduating. Like, girl is not well. I need her to acknowledge that. And so it really, I don't think it really hit me how well I did not look until I think it was late August, early September, late August. I was at the nail salon getting my nails done. And I go to the same nail tech. I go to the same nail salon. Like, I, I love my nail tech. She's, like, amazing. And, and just a good person, right? So I, I enjoy going to her. So I'm sitting there. There's a woman sitting next to me getting her nails done. And she's talking about how bad I look. I didn't have headphones on. We're literally less than six inches away from each other. Homegirl thought she was whispering and she wasn't. Like, sweetheart, I can hear everything that you're saying. And it wasn't until I left, like, I left, like, furious. Like, I was like, I'm like, you could have just asked me, like, why does your skin look the way that it looks? And why are your eyes that yellow? They should not be that yellow. But instead, like, she's talking, like, around it, thinking she's talking in code, but not really talking in code. It was just, like, a mess. And so, like, I remember leaving, like, calling my mom and texting a couple of people just being like, I am so angry about this. And they were just like, are you angry that you're sick? Are you angry? I'm angry that somebody was talking about me. I don't care that I'm sick. It is what it is. Right. Like I'm angry that somebody was, I'm like right there. And so like had to like process through that. And it was in, that happened in July because I remember union church in Maryland was doing their pray 21. And I just remember saying, okay, God, something has to give either my heart needs to change towards like towards my current circumstance because I feel like everything is raining down on me. I feel like uh, like I got a divorce in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic, right? Like I'm doing all these things, I'm losing so much and I can't even really enjoy the things that I want to enjoy because of the things that I'm suffering through. So, if this is just my journey, it, okay, so be it. I'm not going to complain about that, but change my heart. And I remember Pray 21 was happening and I was like, I'm going to participate in Pray 21. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. in the morning, which for those of you who know me well, I don't really do early mornings. And if I do, I'm not happy or grumpy. Like you will see that switch of personality of like 6 a.m. to one o'clock in the afternoon where it's just like, wow, you're ready. My day starts at that point. Like it just internally, mentally, emotionally, it just starts at that point, right? So I'm like, I'm going to get up and do this. And I remember like writing down, like I'm believing God for three things. I'm relieving God for a new liver. I'm believing him for just a change of outlook in my heart. But then also I'm like, God, allow me to build the endurance during this time to continue to go through whatever this is, whatever the outcome is, right? If the outcome is I get a transplant, wonderful. Like that would be ideal. But also if the outcome is uh, that's not what happens (laughs) and I say goodbye to my friends and my family, also so be it but change my heart to allow my heart to be prepared for that. And so I just remember like praying through that entire time. And at that point, like halfway through that, I was just like, 
okay, something's going to happen in October. And I remember saying that to you. I just remember like feeling like October, something's going to happen. It, it was just odd. Labor Day weekend of 2021. I do remember that because I also remember like, I don't remember. I think it was right after that. You were like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I was like, cause I, I'm going to get, a I was liver. like, it's fine. Cause she came, you came out of that like 21 days and you're like, nah, I'm going like, to have a liver. Because at, at that point, like, so on my side of it, we were still talking like all the time at the time. I feel like we were talking like yes. every day. Um, when I couldn't get out of the clothing like, that I put on that morning people... to go to work, I would call someone, <laughs> I can't get out of my clothes, I'm stuck. I'm about to live like this forever. And she's like, calm down. Cut cut yourself out of it. I'm not cutting my favorite shirt. It was never my favorite shirt. <laughs> but like, it was also like this, This it was, there was like this piece of like, I think going into it, there was so much fear of like, okay, stuff is starting to happen. Things are starting to look but like coming out of that 21 days, you were just at such yeah. peace with, no, God's got it. I'm going to get a liver. I'm going to yeah. live to the point where like there was a time when we were FaceTiming and you were in the hospital and there was someone at my house. So like, you know, we, I introduced you to them. And like when I hung up with Brittany, like <laughs> the person who was at my house was like, you know, I really, <laughs> I wish you guys could see Brittany covering her face right it, now. I, because, <sighs> you know, I told Brittany about this afterwards because typically, but I also, why not? Like, I also remember having a conversation with that person and them saying to me, Steph told me about your situation. And this, this is just genuinely how faith field I am, right? <laughs> like if God says something to me, there's nothing to dispute about it. Like it, it's okay. It's said, yeah, it's done. There's, there's, like it's it. There's a hundred percent confidence in what she has heard. God said God. it. Great. We're good. And so I remember this person saying to me, like, Steph told me about your situation and I'm genuinely puzzled. Like on the other end of the phone, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what's my situation? <laughs> it's stuff out. What, what does Steph know? That I don't know. What's my, like, I'm like panicking. I'm like, what's my situation? And she looked at me and she was just like, you know, no, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely have no idea what's the situation. And she was like, about your health. And I was like, oh, that's fine. It's not a big deal. It's fine. It's already taken care of. I don't know how it's taken care of, but it's and already that, taken care of. But okay. So that that is literally the mindset that you were in. It was just not even a thought. You were like, I may not be there yet, but like, I know God's going to come through for me. So it's, there's no care in the world. There's no worry it's about done. it. God's God said it. it's done. It's done. Which to Okay, but here's the thing. That's why, like, you you were going through this deep, hard thing, and, like, you still had faith like that is amazing. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> I get off the phone with Brittany, and this girl is, like, looking deep in my eyes, and I'm pretty sure she's never going to listen to this. But if she does, um, it's okay. But- <laughs> it, it really is okay. But she's like, you know, I, I know that, you know, so she's like, I. she says something to the fact of, like, you know, your friend's probably going to die. And, like, I'm so sorry that you have to watch the slow death. Mm, the something slow of death. that fact. <laughs> it was slow. <laughs> something to that. She didn't use those words, but that's basically what I heard. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, <laughs> and I, at the point, I was like, nah, I know that when Brady hears from God, there's no doubt. So I'm like, nah, it's fine. She gonna get a new liver. I don't know when, but like she's not gonna die. God told her she ain't gonna die, so go- she's not gonna die. 
and she was just like, okay, but like <laughs> if, and I, I, I don't there, understand why you're still talking. There is, there is no, <laughs> there, like, I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from or why. I wish that I could explain it. But when God speaks, he speaks. It, there, there's no, there's no arguing with that. There's no, it, if he says it's done in my mind, cool, it's done. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how low we're going to have to get in order for it to be done. And let me tell you, we got low, right? Like it got to the point where I started to have to drive to Philly because my transplant um, surgeons and doctors and team were in Philly. So I would have to drive to Philly almost like every week, every two weeks. And I remember the last appointment that I had with my doctor that was monitoring my decline. My parents went with me because I was like, there's no way that I can make this trip. I'm getting tired all of the time. Like your girl's not going to be able to drive to Philly and then back. And it's just not going to happen. And so my parents were like, it's fine. My dad was retired. My mom was like, I hate my jobs. I'm going to take out work anyway. It's no big deal. And so, and that's not because she doesn't love her job. As a disclaimer, she loves her job. <laughs> she hates the fact that she has to work. It's, it's a whole weird thing. But anyway, so they took off. We drove down there and she goes back to my appointment with me. And my doctor literally looks at me. And he was like, we, we really, he was like, I know we've discussed this before. And this is the first time my mom is hearing about this. He's like, I know we've discussed this before and you're not on board with it. We really do need to talk about you going out on this ability. And I was like, no, I'm good. And he was like, no, no, I don't, no, no, I know that you don't understand. I'm good though. Like I'm really, I'm going to keep working until I can't work anymore. And he was like, I don't like that idea for you. I don't like that you keep suggesting for me to go on disability. However, <laughs> here, like here we are. And so my mom was sitting there. She was like, he said that to you before? And I was like, yes. And she was like, she looked at my doctor. She said, we've been telling her that for months. And he was like, so have I. And I was like, guys, it's fine. Like, I'm not, I, I can't. And I knew for me, it was hard for me to articulate in the moment. In hindsight, I knew for me that if I had stopped working, my faith would have remained intact. But it, it would have, being so still would have driven me crazy. Like, it was like, I need to keep moving and not just, because it's also still COVID, right? And I, I'm literally dying before people's eyes. I cannot be around people and I live alone. So if I'm going on disability, that means that I am in my house by myself until, like, it, it just, I knew that it wasn't going to be good for me, right? I knew that it wasn't going to be good for me. I also yeah. knew that it wasn't good for me to temporarily yeah. go stay in my parents' house, right? Like, it just was not going to be good for anybody at that point. So I was like, I'm just going to keep working. But he looked me in the eyes and he said, you have the nutritional level of a malnourished child from a third world country. And I was like, that actually sounds accurate. Because. Now I will say, that is like, accurate because you ate like trash. Like, and, and, and even when, when you I did eat, eat, because I'm like, I need to get all the carbs that I can. Like, this wasn't like a fruits and vegetables thing. This was like. I have not eaten for a week. Yeah. I'm hungry. My body is saying, feed me. I need something that's going to sustain and some gunk that's going to stay around a little bit to give my body to live off of something. <laughs> so if we're doing the pizza and we're doing this, we're going to do that because I need something that's going to like hang around a little while longer after. Um, and so for anybody who loves nutrition, who's listening to this, charge it to my head, not my heart, right? It's just logic. And at the time I thought it was perfect logic. I know in reality, it probably isn't sound logic, but in the moment I thought that it was. So like, I'm going through that. I'm doing that. My mom leaves, like we leave this appointment and she like, doesn't say anything the entire car ride home. We go to Cheesecake Factory and like my dad, he wasn't back there. He was just kind of like, your mom seems so somber. And I was like, I don't know why. 
Because the thing that my doctor said at that moment, he was like, we are literally racing against the clock. Like, I need you to understand that, like, time is not on your side. And so we either get you a new organ, because, like, my levels were bad enough that I needed a transplant. And the whole transplant world is so chaotic and strange. But, like, my levels were bad enough that I needed an organ desperately, but my levels didn't 100% represent that. And so to, like, the mass um, database and all the people they were sending the information out to were like, she's sick. But homegirl could probably wait another couple of weeks before she gets an organ. So we are not going to bump her up on the list with her meld score just yet. And so I remember to say, okay, cool. In my mind, cool. That's cool. Because I'm in my mind I and in my heart, I knew God said it was handled. It's handled. Like there, there's nothing. It's handled. I understand what y'all are looking at. I understand what you guys are seeing. It's fine. We're going to be okay. That did nothing. And everybody on the outside is like, yo, this girl's crazy. That did nothing to reassure anybody who was watching the slow decline of my body. Like, it did nothing for them. It did not. But in my mind, I'm like, cool, God's got it, God's got it. Because even though, like, because, like, yeah, God's got it. But also, like, there's the aspect of, like, you got to take care of yourself. And I just... Because there were times where we had that conversation where I was like, Brittany, you really don't need to go to work today. Brittany, and there don't were times go to work. You're tired. My, my last, Just like, stay home. My last hospitalization before I got to the point where I needed to desperately go to, like, they called me like, you need to come to Philly. You're here until you get an organ. Was Labor Day weekend of 2021. I was supposed to go visit a friend. Had my hotel booked. We were going to have a great time. It was going to be wonderful. And I literally woke up that morning at like three o'clock in the morning. And once again, I am vomiting up things that you should not vomit, right? <laughs> like it, it just, it shouldn't happen. And so I went from having not the right amount of blood in my body to begin with, because I'm like, my body's just shutting down and it's not working to literally having nothing because I'm just vomiting it up left and right. I remember calling my boss at like three o'clock in the morning. And I remember saying, Hey boss, I'm going to the hospital because I am profusely vomiting up blood, right? It's not good. But I should be back in the office by like 12 o'clock. Literally that same day. <laughs> and I could hear I, I could hear his confusion on the phone of being like, wait, what? You're vomiting up blood. Oh my gosh, wait, what? Like, what do you what do you need right now? And I'm like, it's cool. My parents are on their way here. Like they're they're like five minutes away from getting me. We're going to the hospital. I will be back. Like I because in my mind. Also. Shout out to Ron and Fran for always being the ambulance Listen, because I love it. it's a struggle out there coming from the girl who like went to the emergency room on a motorcycle and had to get a ride. Yes. Home. Shout out to Ron and Fran for being that ambulance ride and not costing thousands upon thousands. Exactly. Of and then the fact that like there is a local hospital in the, in the city that I live, town that I live in and my doctors all have explicitly said, you do not go there. Under no certain terms do you go there. I knew that in the condition that I was, the likelihood of me being able to convince them to drive me to the hospital in Harrisburg was slim. Like, it was slim. It was not going to happen. They were going to take me where I wasn't supposed to be. It was going to be a mess. So I remember saying, like, I'm going to be in the office by 12. And he was like, "Um, take the whole day. Do what you need to do. I'll check with you later on today. And I was like, cool. So you don't want me coming at He was like, no, I don't want you. You just told me you vomited <laughs> up blood and it will not stop. You are not coming into the office today as well. And I was like, all right, cool. Listen, I'll put in a sick day when I get back to my house this afternoon. I'll take a nap. I'll follow up with you on Monday. I was in the hospital for a week and a half, maybe two weeks. <laughs> like it, it just, I got there and they were just like, no. And then like, they had to like take care of the issue. They did, had complications from that. They were just like, we had to put 
more, like they put rubber bands in my chest at the time. Like we had to put more rubber bands than we typically put in someone your size. And then I ended up having to be connected to like morphine. They had to like sedate me because like my chest was like out of, con- like it was just a mess. It was just a mess. I came back to work when I got back to work and I was just like, hey, y'all, what's going on? But I'm missing the past couple of weeks. Like it, it never registered in my mind of God said he was going to fix it. So I know that it looks horrible. And I know that what everybody else is seeing is crazy, but we cool because <laughs> Jesus said we was cool. So then I get the call. I went home for lunch and I get this call of like, hey, so I just got your labs that you got done this morning. And I was like, oh man, I was quick. He was like, get here now. This is my doctor. He's amazing. I love this guy. He's so amazing. He was like, get here now. How long will it take you to get to Philly? And I was like, well, I live like two hours away. So maybe about four hours. And he was like, why four hours? Like it's the middle of the work day. <laughs> so like, not only do I kind of have to like wrap up my work day, but I also have to call my parents because they need to wrap up whatever they're doing to get me there. And he was like, you get three and a half hours, be here. And I was like, okay, what do I do when I get there? And he's like, gave me all these instructions. This is what you say, this is what you do, you get there. And I'm like, okay. So I get there and end up texting my boss. And I was like, hey, I know you're in training. Just got a call from my doctor, your girl's out. Um, he says, I'm not gonna be coming back to work till I get a new organ. Um, and if I don't get a new organ quickly, then I'm just not coming back to work because I just won't be in a place anywhere, right? Like, th- <laughs> this is how casually I'm talking about it. And so, so casually, he, I know. He, he called me, like, he stepped out of his training, he called me, and he was like, What in the world? You don't text stuff like that. I was like, My bad. I was trying to respect you and the fact that you were in training. Like, I knew you were in training. He was like, Brittany, that's a text, that's a call. That's a you text me and just say, Hey, can you step out of your I need to talk to you urgently. He was like, and I, That's not a text. My bad. I'll remember for the next time. He was like, next time? Just kidding. I <laughs> hope there will never be a next time, but I will remember. I am so sorry for that, right? Like, and it was, oh there was God. nothing about it that was ever intended to be disrespectful. In my mind, though, I was like, we cool, it's fine. So my parents come. There was a whole fiasco with my to-go bag because I never really mastered how to pack one. I packed a couple of times. Okay, Didn't have also, socks in it. Like, just a mess. We talked... We talked so much about this to go back that when she went and there were still issues, I was like, have we not talked about this? I, I couldn't. Like, I don't know. Year? I don't know what like what needs to be in there. Why are you taking stuff out? It needs to just and stay so in the back. Th- this last time, though, like in October, like er- early October, it, it was all set. Like we had everything we need to. I had to double check it because my mom was like, you said it's been taken care of before, Brittany. And it hasn't been. So I need to double check. And I'm like, mom, I'm an adult. I got this. And she was like, I need to double check. Cool. Listen, do your thing because I know that I got it. But also it's a possibility that I missed something. So we ended up driving to Philly and it's been like 18 hours in the emergency waiting to just get triaged for them to give me a hospital bed to just put me on this floor. So I ended up like waiting. They, it was just, it was a mess. Like they drained like over two liters of fluid from my body that was just sitting there because like my kidneys were not working to like flush anything out. And then I'm just sitting and I'm just waiting. And there were a couple of times where they were like, we think we have an organ offer for you. And then it was like, ah, the liver's too big. We're not gonna be able to close your body. So it's just not gonna be able to work. And I'm like, cool. Whereas for me, because you know, I think I want, if we're going through all this trouble to get me one, I think it should just all be in there. Like, I don't think we should have to like do all these customizations. So like, it just needs to all be in there. Um, the nurses and doctors didn't really appreciate my humor. But at the time I thought it was funny. I was like, yo, I'm kind of funny with these jokes. And they were just like, no. Okay, my bad. Listen, I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. I just, in my mind, these quick one-twos, they just come very quickly. Like it, it is just flown off. I apologize. So end up getting, so I was in the, in the hospital in Philly for about a week. And 
no, was it a week? I went in Thursday. They discharged me on like a Tuesday. And they said, listen, COVID was like breaking out in the hospital. And they were like, we don't want you to catch COVID because if you catch COVID, we're not like, we can't transplant you. So like worst case scenario is we have an organ offer for you, you get COVID and we cannot give it to you because you have COVID. So we're going to send you home, but we're hoping for it. And I said, listen, when you're trying to boil a pot of water and you're sitting there watching it, it takes an hour and a half. You walk away from it. Boom. It's already there. It's fine. I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. My, I remember my doctor coming and sitting at the foot of my bed as he was doing rounds. And he said, I do not agree with this decision to discharge you. Like, I think we are playing too dangerous of a game with the fact that you need an organ and we are losing this fight. And I remember looking him in his face and I said, it's going to be okay. And he was like, how? It's going to be okay. Because God said it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Went home. My parents were like, let's stop and get pizza on the way back. And anybody who is like in my intimate circle knows that pizza is my love language, right? Like pizza is my love language. And so I'm like, cool, we got pizza. Um, ended up getting some cross-contamination because I have a severe seafood allergy. And like we get home, I'm throwing up that night. And I'm like, cool, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to watch Hamilton on the TV. My dad has this huge TV. I'm just going to curl up on the couch. I'll call my job tomorrow and let them know, listen, what we thought was going to work out didn't work out. I'm going to be back to work until they tell me I can't go back to work. Because he didn't, a doctor didn't discharge me with like any, like, you do not work until this happens. I was like, it's cool. Like, I'm just calling tomorrow. Went to sleep, got up. About nine o'clock that morning, I got a phone call. And it's the transplant department. And they said, we think we have an organ offer for you. And I was like, don't play with me. <laughs> she was like, I'm, I'm not. I don't. That's not my job. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just, I, it's also a figure of speech. Like, I'm not saying that to say you're joking. I'm just saying, like, are you for real? And she said, yeah. She said, I think we have an organ offer. She said, there is one person ahead of you, but we don't believe that they're going to be able to take it. She said, so let me give you the demographics. So they ran out of demographics. And like, whenever they do, like they call you to say like the age of the person, that they were healthy, like, and just run down like no STDs, no hep C, no HIV, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. give all the information. And you have to actually accept, which is the wildest thing to me. And so she was like, if this does not work, will you accept this organ? I was like, yes. And I was like, do people actually say no? And she was like, that's happened before. That's dumb. But yes. In my mind, I'm like, yes. <laughs> especially especially because like you're on the list and the worse like your you life are, is the higher you are. you're drastically decreasing. And you're, you're so going like, to be like, ah, no. You're really close to death yeah. and you're going to be like, no. Nah. So I was like, yes, I accept. She was like, okay, I'll, I'll know in an hour. So I'm like, okay. So I start texting a couple of people and I was just like, may I have an organ offer. I don't know, y'all. And then I was like, but I'll keep everybody updated. She calls back in less than an hour. And she was like, we have an organ offer. How quickly can you get to Philly? And I was like, I mean, I think my dad's upstairs taking a nap because he just walked in with lunch. And she was like, do not eat whatever he brought in. Okay. Okay, cool. Which I do have to call my dad. And I'm going to see him today. I'm going to be like, hey, whatever that sub was that you got for me that day, can I get it? Because I never had that sub. And it just looked delicious and it smelled good. (laughs) And it could be the nastiest sub of my life. But in that moment, I was like, I now can't eat it. This is like the creme de la creme subs in this moment. I can't eat it. It smelled delicious. Anyway, so I was like, okay. So she gets on the phone with me. I said, listen, I can be there by five. My dad has to get my mom from work. We got to get their stuff together. My bag is still packed. It's still in the trunk of their car because it literally just got home the night before. And so she was like, cool. 
So I'm like, my dad's upstairs. I'm lazy, right? This is this is how like, this is how just Britney I am. I'm like, I'm like, cool. So I'll get back on the couch. I got my pillow pad. I'm curled up on this blanket. And I just holler upstairs and I was like, dad. And he didn't say, and I was like, dad. He was like, what, what, what? And I was like, I got an organ. Can we get to Philly by like five? And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, the lady just called me. I got an organ. Can we get to Philly by like five? And he was like, yes, I'm coming downstairs. You don't need to do that right this second because it's 11, right? But like, if you could just start getting yourself together. Also, I know you're taking a nap, so my bad for waking you up. And then he comes downstairs and like, it's, it's the way that he looked at me. I don't know. And like, my dad's one of my favorite people. I love my mom. There's, I know that I, she gets on my nerves and I know I say that all the time. I also equally as much get on her nerves. I love both my parents. I would do anything for both of them. I don't, my dad, that, that's just my guy, right? Like my dad's just my guy. And I just remember him looking at me with such a sense of relief of just like, wow, okay, let's do this. So then he's like going upstairs, black church people, right? They always got the telephone chain, right? Like they got to call somebody, he calls somebody else. <laughs> so he's just like making like the first initial call so that people start calling all over the place. And I remember texting the group of women that I formed a amazingly unshakable bond with when I was in Colorado. And we had like this whole group chat. And I remember texting them in a the group chat and I'm just like, hey guys, I got an organ. And literally Terry texted me, text back first. Well, they all text back immediately. And Terry was like, I'm actually in Colorado right now. Who can hop on a FaceTime call real quick? And I was like, I mean, I got, I'm not going anywhere. I got time, right? Like she was not talking to me because like- Because also like, you know, the the doctors are like how how quickly can you get here and you're like how about six hours well, i'm two so hours away but how about here, six here's hours? The thing. we knew that we had to get my mom that's a whole different story that i'm just the, the organ just, i just want to throw that the out organ, there because you're so the chill organ wasn't it. ready at that moment but it was later that evening it it's anyway yeah so no, continue i'm like I'm not doing anything, so you can call. And she was like, I wasn't talking to you. No, that's actually accurate. I realized that after I sent it. And this was like pre-new iPhone update where you can unsend stuff. I couldn't unsend it. It was there. Um, and so I'm glad you just stepped right over that. So we all get on FaceTime. And it was like the first time that we've all been on FaceTime together since we were in Colorado together. And they just prayed for me. And I was like, all right, I'll keep y'all updated. And just telling people after that, it it really did as disconnected as I felt from people just due to you have COVID, right? And that was a whole thing. And then just the privacy and the retreat that I did based off of my whole divorce and how that whole situation went down and all of that stuff. And then the privacy and the retreat that I was required to do because of my transplant, I felt very isolated and very like, I know that I have people who are walking this journey with me, but I also feel incredibly alone as I'm walking through this journey. And so just, and just, I was like, I am actually not as alone as I thought that I was. And as I oftentimes felt like th that's the farthest thing from the truth. And so we get to Philly, like my doctor's there and he was just like, you better be out of this ICU by Friday. And I was like, what? And he was just like, you're you're too remarkable of a person and too calm, but also so determined to just sit in this ICU and not work. So let's work and let's get you back out there. And I was like, okay, cool. But I remember 
him sitting at the foot of my bed, I was like still coming in and out of anesthesia. And this was like after my transplant raise, was so still coming in and out of anesthesia. And I remember him sitting there, Fran's just sitting there knitting, right? Fran knit socks. Also, y'all, Fran knit socks. So if y'all want socks or something, Fran knit socks. <laughs> I sometimes ask her to knit socks for my friends. Um, and she does because she doesn't have grandchildren. That's what she says. If you give me grandchildren, I can knit baby socks. Listen, nobody needs all that, okay? How about I'm offended now because I've never <gasps> gotten socks knitted. Friend, you never friend. made stuff socks. I'm gonna go see her tonight. I'll tell her. I'm offended. I thought I was I thought I was the top here's, of the here's, chain. So here's a here's a fun fact though. Of people in Britain. She had life. to I had to ask her for a pair of socks. She has like a hundred, right? That she just makes them and just keeps them. And I'm like, can I get a pair of socks? And she was just like, not my good socks. Mom, I, my feet are cold. Can I just not get a pair of socks? And then she was like, eh. and I had to remind her, like, you gave my ex-husband a pair of socks and a hat, and I'm just, your girl's just out here struggling with nothing. And she was just like, oh my gosh. And so then she did. So I'll let her know. I'll let her know when I see her tonight. But it just, it just was like this, this beautiful reminder in that moment. And, and I say that to not to say that I tend to not be a public person on social media. Like I randomly post these things that if you know what's happening behind the scenes, you know what they mean. Um, sometimes you're just like, that's a cute picture. This caption that's incredibly long. I don't know what that has to do with anything, right? Like that just tends to be me. I opened up at that point because I knew that what I needed and what God was doing in my life was not for me to keep whatsoever. And so there were, there's a community of people, people I don't even know who prayed for me at the point of, hey, y'all, need an organ, don't have one. Um, can y'all pray for me? Hey, I'm in the hospital again. It's not looking good for your girl. Can somebody just pray? So I, I like want to, as we're coming up on the anniversary of, of one year post-transplant, which is wild to think about, it's only been a year and all of this stuff has happened of like, I have such a deep, deep gratitude for the people that, that stood in the gap for me spiritually during that time and who petitioned the heart of God for me. I can't like, I'm sitting here now and I'm like trying to not cry thinking about it. Like it is nothing short of remarkable that when we say to a body of believers in any capacity, right? This is the one thing that I think social media is really good at. Otherwise social media drives me crazy. Um, but I will be on there watching everybody's reels and liking everybody's photos and being a troll on occasions. Right. But it allows there to be a strengthening of everybody's spiritual faith when we get to see believers who need a win and we walk alongside them to see that win. And then it actually happened. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I genuinely did not know until this past week when I was in Tulsa for Transformation Conference that my life is a miracle because not in a haughty way, not in an arrogant way, in my mind, God said it, and so it was done. And so God said it, it's done. In my, it never translated to the fact that he said it and it was done, but what he performed in my life is a miracle. And what people who live in community with me and walked alongside this journey, they also got a miracle by watching and seeing what he did in my life. And also just other things. like There, there have been relationships that have been restored and healed based off of people collectively coming together and just saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to pray for your daughter. We're going to pray for your sister. We're going to pray for, for you. It, it's, it's been a beautiful to, thing to see that 
that God's people show up when God's people need to show up. So at the end of the story, at the end of the day, yes, your girl's a miracle. Your girl didn't know she was a miracle, but now she knows. <laughs> and 52 minutes I know. Minutes I was like, later. that's a really quick 45-minute episode. <laughs> that's how we got Hello. there. Uh, and and I'm just like sporadic throughout the episode. I, I, I genuinely, but I genuinely, I said I wasn't going to say that word. It is with authentic and transparent. She genuinely. Humility. Like people have asked me since this whole experience of how do you, how would you commonly this experience? Like how would you describe it? How would you talk about it? I would say it's humbling. Because it is, it's it's humbling to be at a moment in an intersection where you say, God, you either move in this miraculous way, in this beautiful and dynamic way, or you move in the opposite direction. But if this is the direction that you're taking it, and if I, this is the end of my journey on this side of, of heaven, then I hope I served your people well. I hope I loved your people well. I hope the people that you had be encounter that... I spoke life and love and was support when they needed it. An employee asked me a few weeks ago, you know, what did it ever scare you when you got to the point of, you know, realizing like death is possible? And I had a two part answer for them. I said, one, I never really thought that I was going to die. Um, But on the flip side, dying is easy when you know that you have lived well. When you know that there's nobody that you need to make amends with, when you know that there's nobody that you need to go through a crazy long restoration journey, it's easy. Because you you can say, like, I, I've done what I've needed to do in terms of I've spoke kindly to people. I've apologized when I have not spoken kindly, when I have not been the kindest or the gentlest or the friendliest or the most loving in situations. I've apologized for those things. I've repaired what could have been repaired and I've let sit the things that I know that this is not the season to be repaired if it is ever repaired. But I did my part to at least acknowledge the fact that I harmed somebody, I hurt somebody, I was disrespectful towards somebody. When those things have happened and it gets to a point where you're just like, this can go either way. But I either left some people with some great memories and we had some good times and some laughter. Oh because it, I know it, it's it's I don't mean to be disrespectful, no, but I, it's it's I, a genuine my thought process no, is like I I know it is like because that is like it's who you it, are. it really is but like it's it just brings back like the whole point of like you not realizing that your story is like a miracle story that you are a miracle like everybody around you the entire time was like yo this is a miracle. Like, we just witnessed a miracle. Everybody around you has noticed that, but you did not notice it. Like, your girl can't. I just, I think, I think even that in itself is crazy because I'm sure there are times where we don't even realize how much of an impact our lives have on other Hands people. down. Hands down. Like, the, the fact that you just now are realizing the impact that your obedience has had. It's crazy. And it's, it's because like, imagine if God said, nah, nah, I got this. Trust me. And you didn't trust him and you didn't have faith that it was all going to work together for your good. Like at the end of the day, that peace that you had throughout all of that 
of like, no, I'm good. I ain't got nothing to like be scared of. God's got me. I'm not going to die. Like imagine the fear. No, it's that it's would have true. Been I there. had this thought process. Um, and I have, we, I, we have a, I say we, because my girls and I from Colorado, we have a Marco Polo. And I remember driving about six months ago. Um, and being at a red light and having this realization in this moment when my husband and I, my ex-husband and I separated, right? Like when we were just like, this, this is not going to work. There, there's no way through this, right? In a way that's healthy and beneficial and restorative. There's a way through it, but it's going to be toxic as a mug. And I tend to, Jesus has worked on my heart so much, y'all. <laughs> To speak kindly to people because it's not always my first inclination, especially when I rub up against hard challenges and difficulties, especially when it comes to somebody who I know and like harmed me and knew that it was going to harm me. The mouth is a, it's a problem. Jesus has worked on me. He's still working on me, but it, he, is, he has worked on me. And I was able to realize like, I know that I'm not at a place where we can fight through this. Also, you, you're just not ready for the fight. Like, and it just was clear. I remember after that decision being made saying like, I don't want to be at my job anymore. Because here it is that I've walked through this incredibly painful thing personally that to an extent played out publicly. Like the, the, it just, it was a public thing. Like people knew, people knew for a variety of reasons, people knew. And I was like, I don't want to stay here. God, I want to go. And I remember God saying, stay, not yet. And I'm like, I don't know what you're asking me to do, homie. Like, I don't, I don't know if you know that what it is that you're asking me to do is incredibly challenging. But he said, stay, not yet. And I said, okay, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to stay. And it was, I'm glad that I stayed for a variety of reasons, right? Like it, it was good. I needed to fight through that. I needed to not run and hide. I'm glad you stayed just for the fight. And I was going to say, I got, when I had, like, I had this moment of, I got my explanation, explanation of benefits for my transplant. My transplant in total was over 600 thousand dollars i paid three hundred dollars three hundred dollars well that was my deductible three hundred dollars and so yes like but won't he do it right like really there is a benefit of being obedient even when it's hard that we at times are not able to see i would have been drowning in debt i would have been swimming in medical debt had i left okay one last thought. Do you have one last thing to say before? No, we that's end true, guys. I'm so sorry. I said 45 minutes, and now we're we're hitting an hour. So it's gonna be a little over an hour. I apologize. But thanks for listening and hanging in. Is, is oh that, no 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 no! That was, no, 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 that was just a segue or... to my final thought. I'm so okay. sorry. My final thought. Do I final, have a final? I'm just thought? saying final thought. I do have a final thought. I would encourage whoever is listening to take inventory of their life and see potentially where it is you are missing the opportunity to meet somebody's need. Because a transplant is a selfless decision that somebody has the foresight to say, when my time comes to an end, I want to continue to still be a blessing to somebody. And I think oftentimes we miss the opportunities to bless people that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis because we're so caught up in the day-to-day. -day. Um, and so I would encourage, I, I call them my Maranatha moments because Maranatha means come, O Lord. Um, and that was literally my prayer. Like, all right, Lord, I need you to come. And so I literally would just, in times of frustration and, and, and sadness or pain, 
or fear or anything and just say Maranatha. Because I know that when I call in the name of God, he's going to come. And I would just encourage everybody to take inventory of the people in your lives that God could use you to bless people. So that's it. That's my final thought. Take inventory of your life. Bless the people that you know that you can bless. Even if it's just buying somebody a coffee, random act of kindness, paying for somebody's Taco Bell, whatever it is. Like there's nothing too small that God speaks to people in crazy ways that we in our minds don't think that it's God speaking, but it really is God speaking. I gave away a pair of sunglasses. When I started driving again, I was going to therapy. I was wearing sunglasses. And this clerk, I'm sorry, I know. This clerk, I, you. This is like the third thing. I know. After you I'm decide, sorry. That's I'm sorry. It. This is. I'm just. This saying. is what happens when I really get away and just have an opportunity to see God. I just get so much clarity about a lot of things. But I remember, it just takes us an hour to get there for her to be listen. Like, yes, I started the beginning of the episode preach. saying, "Yo, I'm slow. I listen, but I'm slow." Okay. But I remember I was in a gas station. I was headed to therapy. I was in a gas station, and this guy was like, "I really like your sunglasses," and I said, "Oh, thanks." Walked away, grabbed my drink, came back, paid for my, my gas and my drink. And I took them off my face and I said, you can have them. And he was like, what? And I was like, you think they're cool. I just think there's like, there's just sunglasses to me. Like, I don't have any connection to them. I do think they're cool. But you really, like, you went out of your way to acknowledge the fact that you thought they were cool. They're yours. You can have them. And he was like, for what? For nothing. I don't even need a receipt for my gas and my, jo- my juice, right? <laughs> like, I don't need, they're yours. Take them. And he looked at me and said, literally last night I was saying to somebody that nobody ever does anything genuinely kind for me, that they do kindness and genuine things for other people, but it's never me. And I said, well, now you get to tell people that that's not true about you. I hope you enjoy them. Hope you're fine. I would wipe them off just on the sides because they sit in my head. Right. That's it. So everyone go out, be a blessing. Be a blessing to people. people. Be a blessing to people. Enjoy your life. And be kind. Live to the fullest. There's, there's, there's never an opportunity to you not can, be kind. And if you can, donate your organs if you die. Get that little heart on your license. That's true. Because I know Bernie ain't going to straight up say it. I'll straight up I say was it. actually... Be a freaking donor. What are you going to do with your liver when you're dead? What are you going to do with your eyes when you're okay. dead? Give someone right. else the chance to Y'all, live. I'm still All a little right. squeamish. But anyway. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this special episode. This is the only episode we're dropping for the month of October. Because as you can hear, I'm an emotional mess this entire month. Reflection. And all of the feelings and all of the things. But we'll be back in November. So be a blessing to somebody. Create your own Marinatha moments. Peace. Peace out.